Thank you for that incredible that comes in knowing him. Thank you for the incredible gift that was given to each one of us in your son, Jesus Christ. Now, as we open the word of God in the next few moments, God, I pray that it would be Jesus Christ, your son, that's seen. I pray that it would be your words that are heard and that your spirit would be free to touch our hearts. I know that in a crowd this size, there's a lot of life that's happened this week. There's hearts that are all over the place. From discouraged and despondent to happy and excited to upset and angry and bitter to worshipful. And the wonderful thing about who you are, God, is that you meet every one of us right in the middle of whatever it is that we're facing. And it's your desire to be there with us. Thank you. So in the next few moments, would you show up in our lives? And would you help us to yield our hearts to you and to say yes to your spirit? So I ask that you'd speak. Speak to my heart first. Do only what you can do. We ask that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat. We've been walking through the Christmas story over the last little while, if you've been with us. We've been talking about different fears that have come up because of the Christmas story. And um, you probably have noticed the last little while that every time we've talked about that, it has a lot to do with the fact that an angel showed up and people were fearful. And we're going to talk about that again this morning. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 15... I want to read these verses for you as we begin this morning. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flocks, and an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. (laughs) But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you, who who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped tightly in clothes and laying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. And when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now you may have heard that many times. You may have read that yourself many times. This may be a common story. Maybe for you, it's the first time you've heard it. But it's what we talk about and it's kind of what we celebrate every year when it comes to this time of year and celebrating Christmas. The story of a babe that was born in a manger, no place for them in an inn, so that they went to this cattle stall, this place that wasn't fit for a birth really at all, and a baby was born there, and really it's so much more than that, right? It was God, the Savior, God, the creator of the universe, became known to mankind. He came in a human form so that we could identify with him, so that we in some way could begin to make a connection with God. Now, what I need you to understand as we begin this morning is 
that when we read this story and we think about this story, that these are everyday people. I need you to think about the fact that often we make stories into something that's legend or we make stories into something that's very glamorous and that's, that's kind of glitzy and, and maybe it's made for Hollywood and we're going to make it into a movie or whatever. And those are the stories that we like and, and we like to print them out or paint them out in a way that makes them kind of half unbelievable because that's easier for us. This isn't one of those stories. Not made for Hollywood. Doesn't fit. The people that were cast in it don't fit Hollywood at all. And the way that the story unfolds doesn't fit either. And so from this passage that I just read to you about normal everyday people in their everyday life going about their everyday events in life, I want to draw just four observations out of the passage that I don't want us to miss this morning. And for tomorrow, when you are in your celebration of Christmas with your family or whatever that looks like for you, I don't want you to miss these four little observations. And if you'll just give me a few minutes of your time and you'll pay attention for a few minutes, I don't want to miss what this passage has to say about these normal everyday people. The first observation from the passage is this, they were everyday people. They were just shepherds. They're just out doing their job. They're just doing what they did every day. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, that in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flocks. Nothing new. This is what they did. It's kind of like you and your job, and you get up every day, and you get ready, and you put the coffee on, and whatever your routine is, every day you go through basically the same routine to do your job. And you go through the same steps every day, and you show up, or I, I hope you show up on time, And you go through the same steps all day long to go through your job, to finish your job so that you can go back home. Well, these guys were doing the exact same thing. They'd done it day after day. And probably, if we know a little bit about history, that these guys, they're generational shepherds. Here's what I want to tell you about the shepherds. The shepherds were really an unsavory lot. They weren't really appreciated or liked. And there's two groups of shepherds that we know from Scripture and we know from history. There are good shepherds, those those shepherds that owned the flocks and really cared for the flocks because they were theirs and it was their livelihood. And then there were hirelings. They were those that were hired to care for the sheep. And and those guys really couldn't be trusted. And, And if you look back in history and you read history and you find out about them, you'll find this out, that they were so untrusted that they weren't allowed to testify in court because their word wasn't worth anything. And they were the guys that when they came through town, you locked your your belongings down. You put a chain over them because they just might disappear when they came to town. So two different groups of shepherds here, but ordinary every day. It sounds like the culture we live in, right? Ordinary everyday people. You have hardworking people who do their best at everything they do. They care about what they do. They're engaged in what they do. And then you have people who, well, you know, if there's an easy way out, I'm going to take it. And if I don't show up on time, oh well. And if you can't trust me, well, it doesn't really matter. Same. Same ordinary everyday 
people. There's a contrast here, though, that I want you to understand. I just want to read this to you. In John chapter 10, we're told about the good shepherd who's, who views things differently than, than hirelings. And Jesus said this about himself, I am the good shepherd, and a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. A hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the ship, sh- the sheep, he, he, he leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. And the wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's hired hand and he doesn't care about the sheep. And so there's two different types of shepherds that we see in Scripture. And Jesus, who's coming as this little baby, is coming as a different kind of shepherd. He's coming as one who cares deeply for humanity. And he describes himself throughout the book of John as the shepherd who will ultimately give his life for his sheep. He's not going to run away. He cares deeply for the everyday ordinary people. Now, I need you to understand something about the everyday ordinary people. This story, this story is extremely personal. It's not general in nature. It's not just a big exclamation it's not, just, it's not just somebody shouted out an event. That's not it. It's extremely personal. It was personal to every one of these shepherds. They heard it individually. And this morning, I need you to do something for me. I need you to hear this story individually. Not corporately, not as a body. I don't want you to hear it as, this is Christmas, this is what it's about. I want you to think about you personally and Jesus. Not the tree, not the presence, not this is the event that everybody goes back in the black. Not all the shopping, not all the food, although the food is good. I don't want you to get stuck there. I want you to think personally about you and Jesus because this story, this story we read, it's for you as an individual. And so right now, I want you to say this. You can say it out loud. I want you to say, it's for me, and then put your name there. Okay, you ready? We're all doing it together, so don't be embarrassed. Here we go. Ready? It's for me, Tim. One more time, because most of you forgot your name. Ready? It's for me, Tim. This is for everybody, and it's individual. It's all of us as individuals. This story is for us. We don't know what manner of shepherds these guys were. I think that they were probably shepherds who owned and looked after these sheep. We don't know if they were hirelings or we don't know if they owned them. We're not sure what kind of shepherds these were. But let me tell you something about this this story and God showing up to the shepherds. He could have found better people to tell this to. I mean, think about it. He could have gone to a head of state. He could have gone to a king. He could have gone to the local town gossip. Right? And everybody would have known within five minutes. Because that's the way that works. He could have gone... He could have gone really to any... The wise men themselves could have been the first to hear. But he didn't. He went to a group of guys that are out in a field at night, sitting around a fire. 
taking care of sheep. He went to the most unlikely. And by the way, that's me. And that's you. This morning, he's coming to the most unlikely. See, I don't know you, and I don't know your story. I know some of you, and I know some of your stories, but I don't really know all of your story. But you know what I know about every one of us that's in this tent this morning, and myself included, is we're all the unlikely. And our stories really, when you put it in light of all the people that are in the world and all the people who are really just in the state of Maine, it's just one more story in the middle of a whole plethora of stories, isn't it? He came to everybody, and he came to the unlikely. He came to me. And so I want you to do it again this morning for me. I want you to say this. He came to, and put your name in it. Ready? One, two, three. He came to Tim. One more time, because you're getting your name down. He came to Tim. Guys, he came for everybody. He came to the unlikely. He came to me personally. Well, the second thing that we observation from this passage is this, that they were terrified. They were terrified. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 9. It says, And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terrified. Now, we have whitewashed the whole story, and we celebrate it year after year, and we make it about Santa Claus, and we make it about the presents, and we tell the little nativity scene story, or we have it posted somewhere in our house, and we look at it all the time, but we forget the emotion here. Can you imagine sitting in the field, sitting on your lawn tonight? You're just out there, you're gazing at the stars, it's a beautiful night, got a little campfire going, having some hot chocolate, it's a wonderful experience, and an angel shows up. Would you be terrified? You want to believe it. Every one of us would be terrified. And these guys were terrified. They knew that a Messiah was coming, but they didn't know how. They didn't know the events that would unfold around the coming of this, this one, the Messiah, the Savior. And they were terrified. When God sends a message to us, and you look all the way through Scripture, when God sends a message, when God shows up, it's a fearful thing. Hebrews says it this way, that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now, I know we're talking about an angel here, but this is a message from God himself. Back in the book of Isaiah, there was one who, Isaiah, the angel of the Lord, came to Isaiah, and Isaiah had an experience where he was in the, felt like he was in the presence of God. Let me read this to you. This is in Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 5. He says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and and the hem of his robe filled the temple, and seraphim were standing before him. And they each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorway shook at the sound of their voices. And the temple was filled with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. 
And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies, I know this passage is talking about the fact that an angel came and stood before these shepherds. But anybody that comes from the presence of the Lord is fearful because of their holiness. And we treat God and we treat the presence of the Lord, we just kind of rub it off. Oh, this is Christmas. Oh, it's, we're going to celebrate. Woohoo, let's go. And when you read the story, the angel of the Lord appeared to these guys and they knew immediately that this is big. And this is way beyond me. Hey, has God been trying to talk to you? Has God been trying to get your attention? Again, I don't know your story, but has God been trying to get your attention this fall? Maybe it hasn't been an angel, but maybe he's been using some people to grab your attention. Maybe he's been using the word of God. Maybe he's been using somebody in your life that knows and loves God and has been trying to speak into your life. And folks, it's a terrifying thing to get a message from God. And these, angel, these shepherds, they took it serious. This is somebody from the presence of God trying to speak to me. Don't brush it off this morning. If God is trying to speak to you and he's trying to get your attention, don't just brush it off. Because the word that God has for you and for me, it's life and death. It's life and death. And these guys didn't take it lightly. They stopped and they took notice. Now notice observation number three was it was great news. It wasn't, it wasn't something to scare the life out of them. It was great news. Verses 10 and 11 and Luke 2 say it this way, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the city of David. A Savior was born to you the, who is the Messiah, the Lord. It's for all people. It's for you first. I'm telling you, there's a Messiah for you, but it's for all people of all the world. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared because the message that I have for you is a message of redemption. It's a message of a Savior, one who would save. The Greek word there means this, one who would rescue or deliver me, the preserver. Folks, if God has been speaking out to you in your life in the last while, don't be afraid. Know this, that God is speaking because he wants to redeem, to rescue, to preserve, to save you. That's why God speaks to us. That's why God calls out to us because he wants to restore a relationship that's been broken, that isn't right. And that's what he wanted to do for all people. And he came to these shepherds, these everyday, ordinary people, you and me, just like us. And he said, look, I have a message and the message is this, that it's for all people and that I am sending a savior who will redeem and restore you. Do you need to be restored this morning? Do you need to be redeemed? Do you have a relationship that's broken? Do you have a relationship with your heavenly father that's not right? That's his message. That's his words to us. I'm the redeemer. Fourth observation this morning, and I'm done. Found in verse 15. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, 
Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You notice what they did? You tell me, what did they do? Did they sit back around the campfire and go, let's have another hot chocolate? Is that what they did? No, they didn't. What did they do? They responded. They moved. They made motion. Folks, when God speaks to us, when God has a message for us, that isn't a time for us to sit back and go, wow, that was cool. God said something. Uh Uh-uh. It's a time for us to respond. And these shepherds, these everyday, unlikely, normal people, instead of sitting around the fire, they stood up and they said, look, God just gave us something that matters. He gave us a message that matters. Let's go see what it's all about. And if you keep reading, they told everybody. Now, I think that these shepherds are from the town of Bethlehem and they knew everybody. And so they told everybody that they met, something amazing just happened in our lives. Someone amazing just spoke to us, and I want everybody to know. Hey, when you have something really good in your life, something that you really like, do you keep it a secret or do you let other people know? Most of us, some of us are hoarders, but most of us, when we find something really good, something that we really like, we go to the people that we love the most and we're like, hey, you got to try this. You got to go to this restaurant. You need to try. You need to try this. This is amazing. I want you to have some of it. That's what these shepherds did. We just got the best message ever. There is a savior. He is the redeemer. He's here. Come and check it out. They responded. And this morning, this message requires a response from you and me. Let me tell you the message. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus. He came to this earth as a little baby. He lived on this earth, and he lived a perfect life. And then... He went to the cross and he paid the price that you and I cannot pay. He paid the price for my sin and your sin. And he took that, his life, and he gave it up and he shed his blood and he died on that cross. But he didn't stop there. Scripture tells us that he defeated death and the cross, the only one who could do it because he was perfect. And he rose again the third day. And because his job is done, he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he is the only one who can pay the price for sin, Jesus Christ. And the message this morning is this. There is a Savior, a Deliverer. He's paid the price for your sin, the price you cannot pay. It is impossible for you to pay it. Because the only way you can pay it is with your death. And your death separates you from God for eternity. So you need someone to pay the price for you. And he's done it. And all he asks of us is this. Repent of your sin and accept my payment. 
repent of your sin, and accept my payment. Now, here's the one fear. Don't miss this. Of all the things I've said, don't miss this. Here's the one fear that is real and you and I should have. It's the fear of not responding to Jesus Christ. That's the one fear that is real. That's the one fear that can separate me from God for eternity. Have you responded to Jesus Christ? Have you asked him to take your sin and to wash your heart and life clean? If you haven't, do it this morning. Do it this morning. It's the greatest Christmas present that you'll ever receive is forgiveness of your sin. Father, would you grant us the courage this morning to say yes to your incredible gift? Thank you for coming to ordinary people like me. Thank you for giving the message of Jesus Christ to everyday people like me and like everybody that's in this room. And thank you that Hope and forgiveness is guaranteed when I humble myself before Jesus Christ and I accept his payment for my sin. Father, if there's some here this morning who haven't done that, would you grant them the courage to say yes to your son, Jesus Christ? For those of us who have, would you remind us again of who we are in Christ, remind us of our freedom that we have in knowing you. In your precious name we pray, amen. Would you continue?